Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, thank you for that reading. What a beautiful passage on love. My name's Andrew. I'm part of the team here at Northside. I generally hang out up at Taramara most weeks, but I love the opportunity to get down here with you guys as well every now and then. Well, it was the second week of January, 1990. I'd just come back from Beach Mission up at Harrington. I was pretty sunburned, pretty tired. If any of you have done Beach Mission, you know, you know what it's like. It's two weeks of a lot of fun and a lot of spent energy as well. So I was toying whether I would go to church Sunday night or not. And my home church back then growing up was Taramara. And I decided that, well, I hadn't seen a few of my mates, so I thought I'd go. So I went to the Sunday night service. Uh, it was great catching up with people. And then afterwards, the young adults were deciding where to go afterwards. And one of the young adults, Mandy, said, oh, why, why don't you all come back to my place and we can order some pizzas and hang out? And at the time, I was like, well, I'm a bit, I'm a bit tired. I, didn't, I nearly didn't come to church. Um, I think I'll just go home. But then I thought, ah, oh, it's January. I, um, I may as well go and catch up with some of my friends further. And so at the last minute, I decided to go. And I arrived at Mandy's place and I started chatting with a few people, you know, friends that I knew. And, and then I looked and I saw this person I, I didn't know, I, I didn't recognise. And I, look, I'd, I'd grown up in that youth group since I was 14, so I, I pretty much knew everyone. It was a pretty tight group, but there was this one person that stood out because I, didn't, I hadn't seen her before. So I thought I'd be the welcoming sort of person, you know, to the, to the, to the young adults group. So I went, I went over and, and I asked her, you know, what her name was because I hadn't, I hadn't seen her before and said her name was Carol. Well, that's a unique name. Then I started asking a few more questions. I found out that Carol is a Welsh name that... Way back, her family came from Scotland in the Orkney Islands, and I found out that she was doing a Bachelor of Design degree. Um, now, you really know that I was struggling with conversation when the next, the next thing I asked her about was, well, I actually found out that she drove a, a, a white Datsun Sunny 1200cc four-speed. <laughs> when you're a 20-year-old male, those things really matter, you know. Um, <laughs> hear that, I was struggling for conversation. <laughs> um, and then I asked two really important questions. First question was, so what suburb do you live in? And she said, oh, I actually live in Adelaide. <laughs> so my second question was, so when are you going back? And she said, tomorrow morning. Ha, huh. well, that is a challenge. So I started thinking, what, what am I going to do here, Andrew? I've, I've got to move pretty fast here. And be, being the, sh- the shy sort of guy that I am, I knew that was going to be a challenge. And within the next half an hour or so, I decided I'd make the first move. Now, there always comes a time when you have to sort of either make the first move or you don't. So my first move was to ask her for her address and her phone number. I mean, there was no emails or mobile numbers back then, right? Um, So we had to to be old school. Um, And so I got her address and her phone number and I was, I was over the moon. In fact, I remember driving home that night 
with this bit of scrap paper that we'd torn off that she'd written her address on. And I remember memorising the address all the way home just in case I'd, I'd, I'd lose a bit of paper. 19 Charles Street, Forestville. And then, you know what we did back in 1990, those of you who dated back then, we wrote letters. I actually got a pen out and wrote a letter, folded it, put it in an envelope and posted it in a letterbox. I know, it's amazing. But I started to pursue her. Um, And a couple of years later, we ended up getting married. And now we've been married for 26 years. And thank you. And I still get a shiver up my back when she walks in. Um, honestly, I'm not just saying that. I'm not, I'm not just saying that. And it's, it's totally because she's an amazing, amazing person who I don't deserve. There comes a point where we need to make the first move. And you know what's quite amazing? is that we worship a God who made the first move. We worship a God who made the first move. You see, religion is us making the first move. Religion is us thinking there's something about us that can be attractive to God. Religion is us trying to appease God trying to earn his favour and his love. But the great message about Christianity is that it's not about us making the first move. It's not about us making ourselves acceptable. It's about us realising that God made the first move. God made the first move. In this passage, we read, we love because he first loved us. I know that reading was a long reading in 1 John 4, and I would encourage you to sit in that whole reading. But if you leave this morning just with these seven words floating around in your mind and heart, these words will begin to shape the way that we love. You know, we're in a series called Crazy love. This is the final message in this series. And what I'd love for us to explore this morning is the reality that the reason why we love is because he first loved us. It's because he made the first move, that God pursued us. He got our name and our number and he's chasing us because he's so in love with us. Brennan Manning, in his book, Abba's Child, and if you want to explore further God's love for you, then this is a beautiful book which explores the love of the Father. Define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is illusion. Define yourself as radically loved by God. You are God's beloved. Now, the more we experience the belovedness of God, the more we are then able to 
express that love to others. God made the first move. We love God because he first loved us. How do we view ourselves? How do we see ourselves? What's our true identity? Do you see your true identity as being radically loved by God? In 1 John 4, we read further. Dear friends, John writes, Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Whoever does not love does not know God. Now there was a man who wrote most of the New Testament. His name is Paul, often called the Apostle Paul. And he was a man who really did not know love because he did not know God. The true God. See, he was a Pharisee. He was a religious man of the day, religious leader of the day. And he sought to persecute Christians. In fact, the very first Christian martyr, his name was Stephen. And when he was killed for his faith, Saul, which is Paul's original name, stood there and gave approval of his death. See, Paul was a man devoid of love. In fact, it says in Acts that godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. You know, what does this say about Paul? A man who is totally bereft of love. He didn't know God and he didn't know love. He persecuted and killed Christians. But then something happened. Something always happens when we meet the God who first loved us. You see, Jesus met Paul on the road to Damascus. And once Paul got to know and experience God, he came to know and experience love. Later, he wrote a letter to one of the churches that he was probably trying to persecute. The Ephesian church, and he wrote this. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I mean, when we read these words, it's written by a man who has had such a deep experience of God's love that he almost doesn't know how to explain it. He's lost for words on how to describe this incredible love that he's come to know personally. 
I just want you to grasp how, how, what, how wide and long and high and, and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that, that uh, surpasses knowledge. He doesn't know even how to explain the depth and the breadth of the love that he's experienced. The love and the grace and the forgiveness of God. That he may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. See, when we are filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, we are filled to the measure of the fullness of love. Because God is love. You see, something shifts when we experience God's love. Something completely shifted for Paul. He went from persecuting Christians to being one who encourages them to explore the depths of God's love. Have you experienced that shift? When I was 14 years of age, My dad came into our lounge room and sat my brother and I down. And he said, boys, I need you to know that I've fallen in love with another woman and I'm leaving. And he never lived in our house again. I can't tell you what that does to a 14-year-old boy. Everything changed. Everything. We lived in a lovely home in Boomerang Street, Tamara, with a pool and tennis court. That all went. We moved to a nice little humble weatherboard house at North Tamara with Mum. But everything changed. Everything. All my hopes and dreams for what family life would be just went. Now, 36 years later, it's still, that emotion is still raw. But you know, when I was 14 years of age, I also came to understand and more so experience my Heavenly Father's love for me. The fact that my Father, my Heavenly Father, would never leave me nor forsake me. That he loves me deeply for who I am. That there is nothing that I could do to earn his love. That his love completely surrounds me. And it shifted everything. Everything shifted. I began to experience a deeper sense of security in who I was as a person. I, I discovered this, 
this wider family that I had called the family of God that became so precious to me that I ended up wanting to just serve this body for the rest of my life because it changed my life so much to realise that Abba Father loves me, that I'm beloved. That's who I am. And the reality that we, we are surrounded by a, by a, a universe where, where, where God is at the centre and love is at the centre. And God's whispered all of us into, into being. He's created each one of us and he, he calls each one of us by name. He's memorized our address and our phone number and he pursues us because he's so in love with each one of us. No matter what you think about yourself and no matter how unlovable we may think we are, the truth is that God is desperately in love with us. We love because he first loved us. See, he makes the first move. And I'm so glad for that. This is how God showed his love among us in 1 John 4. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice our sin. You see, God just didn't tell us that, we, that he loved us. He actually demonstrated it in the most powerful way. The most powerful way. To send his son into our world and for Jesus to give up his life for you. Sometimes we just need to stop and just ponder the extravagance of that love. And we have three daughters. Blessed, so blessed to have three daughters. And every time they were born, you hold this new life. <coughs> and you would give your life for this child without a hesitation. Ain't that true? Holding that beautiful little life. There is nothing that child can do to earn your love. Nothing. Yet you would give your life for that child. See, that's the love that the Father has for us. That's the love we need to tap into and be overtaken by. And when we experience the depths of that love, everything shifts. So the truth is that we can only express what we've experienced. In 1 John 4, in verse 11, John continues, Dear friends, since God so loved us, 
we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You see, we can only express what we've experienced. And as we finish this series on crazy love, I will just, my yearning is that we just go deeper in our experience of God's love for us. Because as we plumb the depth of that personally, and as we become over, overwhelmed with the incredible love that the Father has for us, that there is nothing that we can do to make him love us. But he makes the first move. He knows and has memorized our name and our address and our phone number. And he wants to pursue us every day with his love. And as we experience that and are overwhelmed by that, then we can truly love others. See, loving others isn't something that we should even have to try to do. It should be something that we just naturally do because God's love is so much a part of who we are because our experience is so deep of his love. Now, there was a lady who had a deep experience of Jesus' love. She was deeply moved by his love and grace, forgiveness. That she sought to express that love. And, you know, when we express love, sometimes it's, it, it can be a bit crazy. It can be a bit crazy. I remember, I remember that, that, that following Easter... I wanted to get to Adelaide. <laughs> I just wanted to see her again. We'd exchanged a few letters. But I just wanted to see, I wanted to see Carol. And it was at the last minute. And flights were all, I couldn't fly um, across. And so I ended up buying a, a ticket for a bus from Sydney to Adelaide. Now, do you know how long a bus takes? from Sydney to Adelaide when it stops at pretty much every town between here and there. Like, I think it took like two days. I think I slept on that, on that, on that seat for about two nights because it left one night and I, let, I ended up going there the, the morning the, the day after. And I think I saw Carol for like 12 hours, then I jumped back on the bus. You know, like, we, we just do crazy things, don't we? When we're in love. Now, what's the craziest way that we express love to God? Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into this house. You didn't give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Is that crazy? Can you imagine? Loving someone so much that you don't even know how to express it. So you're in tears and you're overwhelmed with emotion and you, you bend down and you, and, you, and you clean his feet with, with the, your tears. It doesn't stop there. 
You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I answered has not stopped kissing my feet. I mean, place yourself in this scene. This woman is overwhelmed with the emotion of experiencing Jesus' love and grace and forgiveness. And she just wants to express what? She wants to express what she's experienced. She doesn't know how. So she does what she can. Doesn't end there. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Expensive perfume. Maybe her life savings. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. See, Jesus is explaining to us here that this woman's great love was an expression of the love that she has experienced. And when, when we realize that we worship a God who, who has made the first move, we worship a God who, who is pursuing us, who knows us by name, who, who, who breathed us into being, when we know that this is the God who loves us deeply, that we are the beloved child of the creator of our universe, everything shifts. Everything shifts. For Paul, it meant from you know, being someone filled with hatred, persecuting Christians, he goes to someone who has written most of the New Testament and planted most of the churches and who just kept writing about the extravagant love of God. And when we experience his love, all we want to do is express it. And we can't give what we don't have. Have you experienced being the beloved? Have you experienced the, the depths and the breadths and the widths and the height of God's love, his personal love for you? you know, he carries your name and your address and your phone number, this little bit of tattered piece of paper in your pocket. He loves you so deeply. Even those areas in our life that we like to stay, keep a little closed off because we're a little bit embarrassed about them. We like to keep the lounge room nice and tidy and say, Jesus, come in here. Let's sit down and have a tea together. Jesus is saying, it's okay. You can open up all the other rooms too. Even those messy rooms. Even those rooms that you don't want anyone to walk into. It's okay. 
I even love those rooms of your life. Completely and utterly. You don't need to try and just clean up the outside of the cup here. I died for you. I love you so extravagantly. And when we experience the depths of that love, I'll tell you what, something shifts. And we then desire to express that love in crazy ways. Crazy love. Now Christians ought to be known for their crazy love. For expressing love to their neighbour, to their workmate, to the person on the train who looks lonely and depressed. Can I encourage us as a church to be a church known for its crazy love? For the way that we display love that just is beyond reason. Why? Because we've experienced a love that's totally and utterly beyond reason. That we love because he first loved us. As we have communion this morning, I invite you to be bathed in your belovedness this morning. I invite you to experience through these tangible elements, this bread and this cup, these tangible elements of God's deep and extravagant love for you. That in these symbols, that they become something way more than that this morning, that they become a testament to God's I'm lost for words. God's extravagant, uncomprehensible love for you. I invite you to plumb the depths of that love this morning. We love because he first loved us. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you for making the first move. For creating us in love. For love to love. And I pray that as we just bathe ourselves this morning in, in your love, that we will have a deep experience, maybe even for the first time, of what it means to be truly pursued and loved. Thank you, God, that it's not up to us Thank you that we can lay down trying to make ourselves more acceptable and more lovable. 
Thank you that you wiped away religion and you replaced it with relationship and a relationship with, with a God who has made the first move and who loves each one of us so completely. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.